People still show up to play a board game every week. This is the sound of people playing the card game Dominion at the Uncommons, a board game store outside Washington Square Park. It's hard to imagine a tradition like board games still exists in an era with smartphones and video games. People still play tabletop games because there is a fascination with the design of the game. It's kind of like appreciating different kinds of art, but the viewer gets to interact with another human being. Tabletop game design is a new creative endeavor. Most people are unaware such a thing exists. What is popular in the tabletop game market today are Euro games, or board games that reward skill, have no luck, and have zero interactivity between players. As much as that sounds like the perfect mature adult-oriented board game, it's actually quite damaging to the market of tabletop games as a whole. This is Quinn from the board game review website, Shut Up and Sit Down, in a YouTube video explaining the rules for the brand new game, Root. Inside this box is a war game that in 2018 captured the hearts and minds of board gamers like no other. Inside Root, you'll find a double-sided map of a forest, a pack of cards with truly delightful illustrations by artist Kyle Ferrin, a clutch of charming screen-printed animals, and a manual, and a learn-to-play book, and an example of play, and exhaustive references for every player, and a stack of reference cards so you can read about the animals you're going up against. I have owned cars with less documentation than this, but this paperwork is here for a rousing reason. At the start of Roots, the board is filled with the unflagging felines of the Marquis de Cat, a pleasingly feeble pun on my kitty cat, who conquered this forest while the birds weren't paying attention. If you're playing these guys, your lot is the most like a normal strategic video game. At the start of your turn, all of your sawmills spew out lumber. You can then transport that lumber to build new buildings. You can recruit new cats, you can move them, you can battle. By building a variety of buildings, you'll be very strong, but through building a lot of one kind of building, you'll get the most victory points that will ultimately win you the game. Now these cats already have more rules than some board games, shut up and sit down, recommends. So if this looks like your preferred level of complexity, I can only apologize because by the time we're done going through all of Root's factions, you might be dead. But don't worry, because I've got some granola bars. As you can hear, Root is a popular board game, not because everyone agrees on it, but because the design of the board game is praised. Root is something of a process-solving game, that is to say, a board game where learning new skills and mastering them in the environment is the only strategy in the game. Kind of like learning how to drive a car. The problem with process solving is that it is like solving a puzzle. Once the puzzle is finished, it's done. There is no replay value to a puzzle. The challenge is solving it. Games like Root are powered by a single tabletop game aesthetic called Elegance. Basically, Euro games and games like Root reward simple choices with sophisticated outcomes. This is an oxymoron, because it is one. There has been an unhealthy obsession in adult board gaming to make the simple more sophisticated. Root, with its cutesy art direction, also suffers from many decision trees. It's also like an IQ test. Make the wrong choice, you lose. 
There is no interaction with other human beings. Just focus on your puzzle, and maybe you will win. Keith Bergen, in his book Game Design Theory, originally coined the term elegance to measure good game design. However, he has now reconsidered such trends of elegance. Bergen is on the phone. Um, I think elegance is... So the way I define it in my book is I have a very specific sort of way that I define elegance, which is like, you know, you have a certain amount of depth, which is kind of like the game space, the, the usable, uh, valuable game space. And so a very elegant game would be a game that has a lot of depth for very few rules. Elegance refers to efficiency in gameplay. Board games like Through the Desert by Reiner Kinesia and even video games like Tetris have this elegant trend. Rules in the way that we are used to seeing in uh, board games. And so that to me is, uh, is very promising. Uh, I, I think that the fact that, you know, all these uh, Dota players, people who are playing real-time, uh, online, action-y sort of uh, video game, are now very happy to switch over to, you know, this turn-based thing, uh, and just very unlike video games. And, and so I do think that there's some uh, influence there from, from, uh, from drafting games. And I do see that as, as, a, uh, as a good sign that in the future, which is something I'm really looking forward to, and um, uh, I, I sort of object to that because I feel like actually what it is is just a new game design idea, whereas in, and in video games we so often... Uh, new games come out, and they're really just a, a sort of a tweak on one of the existing 10 or so uh, video game game designs that we've had laying around and that, that have been constantly reproduced. But there is, however, a reactionary movement to this Eurogame trend of elegance and process solving. It's been around since the era of Dungeons and & Dragons and continues to this day in small niches and subcultures. Dungeons and Dragons. To use an example from popular culture, Adam Scott from the TV show Parks and Recreation explains his detailed and fictional board game, The Cones of Dunshire, on MTV. Hey everybody, I'm Adam Scott and we are here to play Cones of Dunshire, which is a very, very intricate and nuanced Adam, game. Uh, yeah. Shouldn't you be promoting Hot Tub Time Machine 2? Oh, you mean my awesome comedy that comes out on Friday, February 20th? Yeah. Well, that can wait, Josh. We're here to play Cones. Take it away, guy who's gonna explain how to play this game. Basically, you know, it's really straightforward. You want to collect each of the cones and then go up to the uh, cone of decision there. Nice. So you have seven support dice that you can roll. Your action dice. And in fact, uh, you know, if everybody feels like it, uh, this uh, all can so be done. So the seven. currency that you get on those dice has to be used this turn, or else it's gone. You basically have three characters, and each character has six different actions that all have very specific information that interact with each other. And you have any combination of ten different superpowers that have a lot of. One, well, um, I have to go. This was super fun, guys. Take it squeezy, everybody. Just kidding. As you can hear, the rules that are being explained are deliberately skipped sometimes. Rather, this is a skit making fun or ridiculing the nature of games like Root that have the elegance or process-solving aesthetic, or maybe modern tabletop games in general. The Cones of Dunshire is a joke on the Settlers of Catan, the most popular Euro game you can find at a local Target or Walmart. But if the Cones of Dunshire was a real game, 
This would be a post-elegant game. Post-elegance can be described as tabletop game design after the fad of elegance, and a return to the avant-garde nature of design, which is experimental, eccentric, and modular. The Cones of Dunshire, aside being influenced from the Settlers of Catan, is influenced by two major board games. Those games are Cosmic Encounter and Ice House Pyramids. I have interviewed both the designers of these games. Originally made as an experimental toy was the game Cosmic Encounter. It's a science fiction themed game about creating alliances and breaking them. An important aspect of the game was the introduction of an individual player power that could change the rules of the entire game. Cosmic Encounter has a design like no other. I would even say the game is superior to that of Dungeons and Dragons. Peter Olatka, his son Greg, and Bill Eberly talk about the design. For a gamer who thinks that, you know, you're better than everybody and can't stand it when something goes wrong, you're not going to like this game very much. You know, because it's not designed for you to, you know, act in a way that will dominate everything. It's designed for you to be able to figure out what to do when you, you're, you find yourself in this strange situation. What's going on in the world yeah. affected us and kind of our, those aliens ended up taking some of those ideas for our reaction to all of that, which was um, fairly revolutionary in terms of what we thought. Well, you have an unlimited canvas to have <laughs> interactions with. You know, you can make up anything you want. And so there's no reason to be constrained by any convention whatsoever. And I think that, that may rub some gamers the wrong way. But remember, when we did this, there weren't any gamers. Nobody, <laughs> nobody was a gamer when mm -hmm. we started this thing. <laughs> I mean, a what? A gamer was no some guy who, you know, played baseball hard. Ah. <laughs> Listen, every great game design team needs a, a, a fully-fledged bearded gentleman on the staff. It just it doesn't happen otherwise. That's Bill's, Bill's got that block. Um, yeah, I finally, I, I've, I've known my wife for, uh, what, six years now, and um, I finally got her to play with my sister-in-law. She comes over every Friday, and they used to watch The Bachelorette. Well, I said, well, tonight we're playing Cosmic Encounter. And what actually happened is, uh, at the time, she was dating a guy who played Munchkin. And he goes, ooh, what's Cosmic Encounter? So I said, well, bring him over. <laughs> so for a little while there, we had these great game nights um, where I actually got them into it. And, and you know, my wife and my sister-in-law, uh, they said, hey, you know, that was actually fun. <laughs> and they weren't just being polite. I think they really did. Cosmic Encounter has been influential in designs that are experimental and eccentric. Andy Looney, known for his card game Flux and his Ice House Pyramids, takes influence from games like Cosmic Encounter and that of the eccentric. Here's Andy. Uh, I wrote a short story in which I described an imaginary game played with these beautiful crystal pyramids called Ice House. And the story never went very far, but everybody loved the idea of the game. And that led to a friend creating a, a, a set of pyramids like the one I described. And another friend coming up with a, a rules for a game that you could actually play with these pyramids that was like the one I described. And we called that Ice House, like the one I described. And we played that game for eight years, you know, and, and even published and printed 
a few handmade short run sets of it. Uh, the very first thing we really did as a company, I, I, I talked about how we kind of were practicing before we quit our day jobs. Well, yes, Flux is uh, easily my biggest hit. My uh, We sold a couple million copies of it at this point in its various flavors. Um, but how I came to invent that, you have to go back to another of my my biggest game projects, which is these little gaming pyramids, the Ice House system, a Looney Pyramid system we call it now, with the brand new release Pyramid Arcade. It culminates 25 years of, of uh, developing games for these, these colorful gaming pyramids I, I long ago envisioned. Cosmic Encounter and Ice House Pyramids see a future of tabletop game design that is experimental, eccentric, and modular. The experimental is new, unpopular, or innovative mechanics and play within game design. The eccentric is unconventional, even strange in theme and outside the norm of an expected theme. And the modular is made up of units, mechanics, or rules that influence, construct, or create a more complex structure within the game design. There needs to be more artsy games like these two. The question is, should we go back to the 70s and somehow create designs which were more random and obscure? Or should we acknowledge today's designs and take a stronger influence from games like Cosmic Encounter and Ice House Pyramids? This is what I call post-elegance, in that we no longer are relying on elegance to be an end-all, fix-them-up tool to make great tabletop games. But instead, let's acknowledge elegance and move on from it. Elegance is actually making players dumber. Designers celebrate the industrial work of Dieter Rams because of his elegant and minimal way of design. But when it comes to games, especially in tabletop games, elegance is reaffirming the robotic takeover of humanity, losing all of our consciousness and creativity and expression. In today's market for tabletop games, players are yearning for a time where things can be more experimental and eccentric like Cosmic Encounter. An interest in game mechanics is an interest in human creativity. My fear with some games, like The Settlers of Catan, could produce robotic-like players, creating a scene which is hostile towards players who want the experimental and eccentric. Hopefully, there is post-elegance in tabletop game design. This is Joseph Nally for the Design, Research, Writing, and Criticism Program, School of Visual Arts, March 2020.